0: Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Spin your passion into a business of Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time Hey guys, I have an important announcement. My friend Simone DeLora and I have been working together for the past year and have pretty much tried and tested everything when it comes to spirituality, law of attraction, manifestation, and we have found so many interesting things on becoming tapped into your intuition Letting that guide you so you can manifest like a freaking goddess. We put together a free workshop. I'm going to link it in the show notes for you guys. You can also find it in the Inner Tribe section of the app. And we walk through how you become divine as so we're going to go ahead and walk you through that you get some journal prompts a creative practice to really get you tapped into that intuition and also for the month of March if you sign up for our divine AF course you're going to get a massive discount so I will link everything in the show notes check it out and let's dive into today's podcast episode hello and welcome to the law of attraction tribe podcast i'm your host stephanie keith today we have special guest lori seitz who is the founder and ceo of zen rabbit and host of the podcast fine is a four-letter word An award winning author, speaker, and broadcaster, Lori is on a mission to teach the world to be calm and grounded no matter what's going on. The high achievers come to her because they have a strong drive to be productive, but have trouble sleeping at the end of the day because they still don't feel accomplished enough. As a nationally recognized gratitude and meditation expert, Lori guides those entrepreneurs and business leaders from stressed and chaotic to peaceful and focused. Then they start seeing sales increase, relationships strengthen, and overall health improved. When she's not working, you can find Lori in her sanctuary, aka the weight room at the gym. She also loves cupcakes, Thai food, and classic rock music. My kind of girl. All right, without further ado, let's get Lori on the podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Law of Attraction Tribe podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Keith, and I have a guest today, Lori Sites. Lori, thank you so much for coming on the show. My pleasure. Great to be here. I'm so excited to dive into this. I know that you have a podcast called Fine is a Four-Letter Word, and that immediately like just hit me because my whole entire life, I used the word fine every single time. Someone would ask me, like, how are you doing? How's school? How's work? Whatever. And I would say, fine. When the reality was, I was not fine. I was Mm -hmm. stressed out. I had severe anxiety, but didn't know, didn't want to admit it to anyone because I felt like that would make me look weak or something. And it ended up leading to burnout and panic attacks and fine. I can't stand that word now because it just brings back all those <laughs> memories. I'm like, I was not fine. Why did I tell everyone I was fine? So is that something that you see a lot? And what what prompted you to start that podcast? And what does that all mean?
1: Yeah. Well, the whole reason I started it was because I I was living that life too. Like Everything was fine. And the guests I have on are all stories of similar to yours of Every, saying everything is fine, and there's really a dumpster fire going on behind you, and you're like nothing to see here. It's all good. I got it under control. yes So yeah. So I started the podcast to help people understand that one, there, you're not alone, mm-hmm. and two, there's nothing wrong with you because I have had so many conversations with people. Um, I'm thinking of a couple of guests in particular, like couple episodes. Um. One with um, Amy Baker and another one coming up actually this week with, uh, what's her name? Oh, my gosh. Oh, Shelly Paxton, Mm -hmm. who they had these amazing careers that people would look at and go, oh, my gosh, you are so lucky that you have this life. And they were miserable inside. And so my story was I had started my first business, which was Zen Rabbit Baking Company in 2003 and I was running this company and I have a background in marketing so it looked like it was really successful and I ran it for 11 years but I couldn't scale it the way I would have liked to and I ended up shutting it down and that was I mean as an entrepreneur you look at it and you go okay that's my whole identity
0: now who am I right so you're kind of starting from ground zero at that point and have to figure out, what do I really want to do? Right, right. And on top of that,
1: at the same time, I had already decided to shut down the business. My mom was diagnosed with an acute form of leukemia and passed away six weeks later. Oh, so I'm so sorry. I, yeah. It, I, yeah. That I mean, that was nine, almost nine years ago. I can't even believe it's been that long. But I had that, we'll also call it an opportunity to... <laughs> mourn the death of my business and my mom at the same time, and really ask that question, do I want the next 20 years to be the same as the past 20? Mm. Not that, again, like you said, not that the past 20 were so terrible. They weren't. They
0: were fine. Now, how do I want to live? (laughs) That is, I asked myself the same question when I was in the corporate world. And at that point, I was doing that for 10 years and that crossed my mind. I thought, do I really want to go through another 10 years of this, let alone mm-hmm. another 30 years of this? And I mean, it was an astounding, like, hell no. Yeah. And so then it's like, okay, well, what do I do now? So what did you do? Like, How did you figure out the next step?
1: Uh, well, you know, it was somewhat of a blessing to be shutting the business down at the same time because I was living in Virginia and my mom had had been living in Florida, so I had to go back and forth a lot to clean things up and take care of a lot of stuff, and so it gave me the opportunity to do that because I wasn't running the business anymore, mm-hmm. and a lot of time spent alone, going through stuff, and you know, I mean, physically going through like all the the stuff that had to be donated and whatever. Um, And yeah, just time to think about what, what do I want to do next? And I took several years, actually, I went, I mentioned I was, I have a background in marketing. And so I did some marketing consulting before I started up my next, my next personal like business that I was running. And, um, and then also decided I was going to leave my marriage, (laughs) After twenty-two years.
0: Wow. Okay. So that's a lot of big shifts in a short period of time. I'm assuming. (laughs) Yeah. uh, About four years. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it's like at that point you're almost like shutting this old. I don't want to say old, but like this identity Mm -hmm. that you've known for so long, and like really just starting fresh. Yeah. Exactly. Because yeah, I we'd been married for twenty-two years together
1: for almost thirty. So like my entire adult life. And yeah, okay, now who am I? Now what am I going to do? And I ended up moving from Virginia to California because I had some friends there, stayed in California for a year and really got some perspective, like being that far away from everybody, my whole family, everybody gave me, again, like time to really process and think about where do I want to go? Who do I want to be? I think that's a better question. You know, we, we're always asking kids when they're growing up, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And yeah. I believe the better
0: question is who would you like to be? Yeah, that's so important. And I, I do think there is something to be said for moving yourself physically out of the environment that you're used to, because when you stay in the environment that you're used to, it's just so easy to get back into like, old routines and old habits and i know the first time i left home that that kind of got to me where i was like wait a minute no one knows me here so <laughs> i could be whoever i want to be i don't have to be yeah. the same stephanie that you know was this way or that way like growing up they don't know that i could i could present myself however i wanted and that was so oh my gosh that was so like liberating yes yes exactly Yeah. So where did you go from there? Like what, what came through for what you, how you wanted to be?
1: Uh, that actually, so I re just re reinvented, re restructured my business. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I started teaching people like some of the things that I had learned running when I was running that first business about networking skills and network, because I was the shy kid in school and would never speak up. Like all my report cards were like, Lori is very bright, but she needs to learn how to speak up in class. You know, like, (laughs) yeah, I might know the answer, but I don't want to look stupid. So I'm not going to raise my hand. Mm -hmm. And so when I had that first business and you have to network to find clients and people to send you referrals and business partnerships and all, you have to go to networking events and you have to talk to people. And so I started teaching people how to do that after I had figured it out and then pandemic. And so again, like that puts hey, a damper on networking that anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, everybody moved to online, but it's different. Yeah. Um, so a lot of twists and turns in the past, what, five years, six,
0: eight, seven, eight years. I think um, it's important though, to talk about that part, because we always see people that you know, have these businesses and look so successful, but we don't often see that it wasn't a straight line. Like there were lots of, um, things that happened, some, you know, quote unquote failures or redirections and ups and downs to get there. And I just, I think it's really cool that you're sharing that part of the story because it gives people that motivation that like, okay, well, even if I, you know, did something and it didn't work out the way I wanted, it doesn't have to be over. I don't have to necessarily go back to my nine to five job. Maybe I just need to redirect my business a little yeah. bit and try again. So that's really yeah. cool. that's exactly it. And so when you asked about like, who did I
1: decide to become, mm-hmm. it was, it, that was one of the, the key things I was looking at was how do I define, how do I, first of all, how do I define success? How do I define failure? because I could look at the marriage as a failure. I could look at that first business as a failure, or it was an experience and ex- an experiment and an experience. I don't, I prefer the word experience, but an ex- in an experiment, you're looking to see what happens. And if you don't get the result you were expecting, you just try something else or, you know, right. okay, that didn't work, what's next? Um, So I use the word experiment in that, not as if I was like experimenting with people's feelings to
0: see like, maybe this marriage will work out,
1: like not like that.
0: (laughs) Right, right. No, I get it. I get it. So where did you end up? Like what all besides the podcast are you doing now?
1: Yeah. So a couple of things. Um, I did move back to Virginia after that first, that one year in California, because Virginia is really home for me. Mm -hmm. And so I came back because this is where I really felt I belonged and started. uh, So that was actually right before pandemic. So I was back here, pivoted on that business. Once pandemic started somebody from my cookie business, baking company life. So I didn't mention what I was doing in that, in that first company was I was making a product called gratitude cookies. Yeah. Based on a family recipe. And it was a way for, I was marketing it as a way for businesses to say thank you to their clients and to people who sent them referrals. Oh, wow. That's genius. Yeah. It was, it was great concept. I just didn't, it might've been too soon for its time, or I don't know. I just couldn't figure out how to make it work but i was talking a lot about gratitude and how gratitude affects businesses how and then on a broader scale how gratitude um can change your whole life
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so once pandemic started somebody from back then came to me and said we're putting together a bunch of a panel of speakers would you be willing to come talk about gratitude again and so i got pulled back into that world which still is like totally excites me to talk about it cuz it's so it's just such a from an energetic standpoint, gratitude is the highest vibration you can get to, Mm -hmm. you know, with love and joy. And so, yeah. So then I got pulled back into that and then created my program. Um, the fuck being fine program, because I was looking at other people in my world and talking to a lot of colleagues and friends and every, like you said, everybody was like, it's fine. Okay. But how is it really? Well, You know, I don't, I, uh, my husband is like, we don't have anything to say to each other anymore. My kids are grown up and moving out of the house, so they don't need me anymore. Um, sick of this job that I've been at for 20 years, but I'm afraid to quit because I need to pay a mortgage. Like
0: everything's fine. <coughs> and all those things you just mentioned, it's like the majority of people, I feel like go through that at some point or another. And yeah. none of us know how to deal with it. Like no one... Right teaches us. It's it's like, we're taught to just say, it's fine. Just, you know, right. don't talk about those things. That's taboo. No one wants to hear your problems when the reality is like, no, we should be talking about it. Yeah,
1: it's true. Nobody wants to hear somebody y- yammering on about all the time. However, it is perfectly okay to admit that everything is not fine. Because when people start doing that, it gives other people permission. And then everybody can say, you know, what I'm doing is not working for me. Right. So how can I redefine? How can I figure out what I would like to have
0: instead of focusing on what I don't have or don't like about what I have? Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good point. And I, I totally agree with the gratitude thing. I, I always say it's like if there's one thing that you could take away from the whole, you know, law of attraction or manifestation it's it's gratitude. You have to be grateful in order to like open yourself to receiving more and I just feel like that's like you said it's the highest vibration. And um how though when someone's at that low point, like let's say they are in a really unhappy marriage and their job, they're just miserable and stressed out, how do they get into that gratitude attitude, so to speak, if they're like miserable and and not fine day to day?
1: Yeah, I get that question a lot, which is, is completely valid because it is really difficult to find gratitude if it seems like everything in your life sucks. Mm-hmm. And yet it is still there. There are still things to be grateful for even if it's something that you might consider really minor, like I'm grateful I woke up this morning. And sometimes I've had people, clients and friends who are like, you know what? I'm really not grateful. I woke up this morning. I wish I didn't like, not like they're going to go jump off a cliff or throw themselves in front of a bus, but life would be, life would be easier if it was over, you know, and that's a really dark place. Okay. So did you have a warm cup of coffee this morning? Could you be grateful for that? Mm-hmm. Could you be grateful the sun is shining? Where can you find gratitude? And once you start training yourself to look for even the smallest shred, it's, it becomes somewhat like a snowball. Like it, it's not like tomorrow everything's rosy. But as you
0: build on that, looking for one little thing, and that's all it takes is that one little thing to get you started. You know, it's like, you don't have to be this happy-go-lucky, like, oh my God, everything's so great. But it's like finding that one little thing. And there really is always something, right? There's always something. Yeah. We're just yeah. not trained to look at it or find it. Right, right, right. I mean, it could be, I'm grateful I
1: have a warm bed to sleep in.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even even
1: yeah. if you don't want to get out of it, then you could be
0: grateful that you have it to be in. Right, right. Well, you know, when I was at that point where I was having panic attacks because of my job and I had this this boss that was like threatening to fire me all the time. Mm. And, and that's when I started getting into gratitude. And I thought, well, how could I possibly be grateful for this? This job is like ruining me. Mm-hmm. And then I started thinking, you know what? I'm grateful for the steady paycheck that I'm getting right now while I'm figuring this out. I'm grateful mm-hmm. that I have money in the bank that's coming in every two weeks so that I can use that to do something else. And, you know, so it's like, even in the worst of the worst, there are little things that are there. You just have to be open to looking for it. Yeah. And once you start looking, they start showing up.
1: Like yes, you will always find what you're looking for. So if you're looking for things to be grateful for, you'll find them. If you're looking for things to complain about, you'll find those too. And so I always I love sharing with my clients and I and I'll share it with you, this exercise I have that's called the but I'm grateful for Mm -hmm. exercise. And so when you find yourself complaining or criticizing, because we will, because we're human, right? (laughs) Catch yourself and say, but I'm grateful for. So, like, what's something that happened
0: recently that you were complaining about? Dealing with my two-year-old son at Disney Springs when he wouldn't sit in a stroller and he was running away from us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I was super stressed. <laughs> okay. And then, but I'm grateful. I'm grateful he's so healthy that he can run around and, and yeah. he's happy and... I'm grateful. I have a son. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's just like that. I mean, anything. Yeah. yeah. No, that's so true. Or it's like, you know, um, when you wake up and you have all those like aches and pains and it's like, but I'm grateful that even though my leg is in pain, I'm grateful I have legs that can walk and I can use them and they carry me through life. I, that, I was just thinking about yeah. that because I was in pain the other day and that's what that what was going through in my mind. I'm like, you know, some people aren't that lucky. And so it's like, yeah. there's always something that's really, I love that way to kind of redirect your mind. Yeah. And that's really what it is. It's redirecting and it's rewiring your brain yeah.
1: mm-hmm. because we can say consciously on this level, like, yes, I need to be more grateful. Or I need to, you know, change how I think about things, but those paths are well worn in our brains, and so you know, if you think about like an actual path that's been walked on hundreds and thousands of times, and that's why it's worn. That's why the, a path is worn. Mm-hmm. If you want to start walking a different way, you have to wear down a different path, and. that's That's literally what we're doing in our brain.
0: I love that. That's such a good way to look at it because it's like creating that new, uh, neural pathway. Right. And Mm -hmm. the more you do it, the Mm -hmm. more it becomes, um, second nature, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, It becomes a habit. Yeah. Now I know one of the things that you talk about, and I, I like, I'm like, yes, please. We need to talk more about this is all of the lies that we're taught and the way we're conditioned around like, you have to work really, really, really hard in order to be successful. And that hits strikes a chord with me because I totally bought into that. And again, it led me to this place of panic attacks and stress. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. I love that
1: topic. So we have been, especially as Americans, conditioned to believe That hard work leads to success. You hear it all the time. If you work hard, you'll be successful 24 seven hustle culture. And that is a big fat freaking lie. It's, it's not true. It's, it's true that we have, we need to take action to accomplish things. Mm -hmm. It is not true that we have to work really hard, that we have to sacrifice everything to be successful. We have this belief that our worth is tied to how productive we are, how much we accomplish. So, that same little girl who was sitting in class afraid to raise her hand was also working really hard to get good grades because that's what was supposed to be. My mom used to tell a story that I was six years old in first grade, came home in tears, hysterical, because I got a 96 on a spelling test and not a hundred. Oh
0: my gosh.
1: This is what we are programmed with. And so it's no wonder that we, when we aren't seeing the results that we'd like to see, but we're working really hard. Yep. That we then think something's wrong. Again, something's wrong with me. I can't make this work. And that's the other term, make it work nobody can make anything happen. We need to allow things to happen. Like you were talking about receiving. Mm -hmm. We need to allow. And yes, take action again, but taking inspired action, getting quiet enough to hear our own inner voice. And what is that telling you to do? Because that's different than what everybody else outside of you is telling you to do. How can you be true to yourself and understand and know that you have value no matter what you're actually
0: doing? I I absolutely love this. You're preaching to the choir (laughs) (laughs) because we really are conditioned to, again, think things have to be hard. Like It never Mm -hmm. occurred to me until I was 30 years old, maybe a little bit older, that action doesn't have to be hard and feel stressful. It never yes. even occurred to me that there was a way that felt good because I was mm-hmm. always in this state of stress. Mm-hmm. And the other, um, the other thing about that is just that we think we have to look for the answer outside of ourselves. You have to be more resourceful. You have to, and we don't, slow down enough or long enough to even go inside and ask ourselves. We're always like, I got to do this. And then I got to do that. And then I got to make a list and then and our minds are like racing that so many people, like, I mean, you don't even get a second to really stop and think, okay, what do I think about this? What am I feeling? And that's really the key, isn't it? Absolutely.
1: Everything starts from inside. So, we have it backwards in that I'm going to do all these things and then my life will change. No, you have to change inside you first, getting quiet enough, like you said, uh, doing the inner work, whether that's meditation or journaling or coloring or therapy or whatever it is for you. That when you change the inner world, that's when the outer world. Will change. We have it backwards. And so we're trying. The other thing about working so hard is we're always, I will rest and relax and recharge after I'm finished with the work. But the work is never finished. Mm -hmm. And so we never allow, again, this word allow, ourselves to recharge. And that's why I created that I'm created into the Fuck Being Fine program is this living a sabbatical life. Because I, so I, there's lots of stories in my life, but it, last year, the first half of the year, I was working, 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 not seeing the results I would have liked, I would have expected from all the work I was doing. And I got to a place where I was losing touch with gratitude and the stuff that I'm teaching my clients. Isn't resonating with me anymore, and I took off a month. I took a month long road trip sabbatical with my 19 year old cat, and that's I I stopped working completely to just recharge. You can't put your phone. You know your phone can't be on low battery at night when you go to go to bed and you don't plug it in and expect it to be at 100 tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We do the same things with ourselves.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, the other thing that I was thinking as you're saying that is like recharging. I want to get your perspective on this because recharging, it doesn't necessarily have to be taking a month. I mean, that's right. If you can do it, do it. <laughs> but you can do it even with a busy lifestyle, right? You can take. Even a few minutes and just get quiet or meditate or, like you said, do journaling or something to just slow down for a minute. And I think yeah. that's where like because people have all sorts of excuses like, well, I don't have time or I have kids, so I can or i I don't have vacation time from work. So what do you um, what would you tell them to do to in order I'm to, glad get to that space? I'm glad you brought that up because
1: living the sabbatical life is not about taking a month long sabbatical or a year long sabbatical, like some of my podcast guests have. It is about living in a way that you, you don't need that month off. I mean, sure, it would be nice, but it's living a sabbatical life wherein you work during, you know, you work some hours and then you take some time to recharge your battery every day, every day. And recharging is not necessarily sitting in front of the TV, watching Netflix. That's right. (laughs) That's resting. It is kind of resting, but it's not necessarily recharging. Like what charges, what brings you joy and fuels you that's recharging for me, for example, that's like hanging out with friends and laughing our asses off at whatever silly things we're coming up with. That's recharging. Um, coloring. I actually really enjoy coloring. Like I got some mandala coloring books, you know, Oh, those are great. Yeah. That's recharging. It's, it's giving yourself space to just refuel. It could be having a nice dinner. It could be, you know, in creating and inventing
0: in the kitchen. I don't know. It's different for everyone. You know, I used to always tell myself, well, I don't have time for that. I'll do it when Mm -hmm. I have more time. And then I started doing these little three-minute meditations in my car over my lunch break. Yeah. And I noticed that on the days that I would do that, I would go back to work and I would be so like energized and I was able to get through the day instead of like being a sloth and just feeling like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. when is this day going to end? And I, then I made the connection. I'm like, you know what? When I take those 3 minutes, I'm not losing 3 minutes of time, I'm gaining 3 hours of time. Yes. 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 That's the truth, right? I mean, that is the thing.
1: Meditation does not cost you time, it buys you time. Yes. So, because of what you just said. In 3 minutes is enough. There've been studies. Andrew Huberman has done some studies and 3 minutes is enough time. Like you don't have three minutes. What right. if, yeah. What if, what if our success was dependent on not working so hard? It was dependent on that recharge time. Yes. What if you had to recharge every day in order to be successful? What if, cause it's not what if it is actually,
0: that's the truth. You oh have gosh. to, I love this. I love this. And that was exactly what I told myself. I was like, if I can't find three minutes, then this is ridiculous. Then I need Mm -hmm. to quit my job because this is ridiculous, you know? And then of course you do the three minutes and you get used to that. And then you go like five minutes and then you Mm go 10 minutes. And that's the other thing. It's like, I feel like there's so many lies around meditation as well, where it's like, Oh, absolutely. I think you have to sit still for like an hour. And that's why I resisted it for so long. Cause I'm like, I can't do that. I don't have time. But then when I'm like, wait, do I have three minutes? Of course I have three minutes. I was able to break through that barrier. But I mean, you're into meditation. Do you You don't subscribe to this like you have to sit still for an hour, right?
1: No, no. That's a whole other conversation. And it's actually part of my program as well, is that, right, this myth and misconceptions around what meditation is and what it has to be. And you do not have to sit for an hour in complete silence with your legs crossed on a mat, you know, like a monk. That's not, <laughs> that is one way. And there are so many different ways to meditate. Like you said, in your car for three minutes, you could listen to a guided meditation. You could listen to music. It doesn't, you could walk in nature for five minutes and just, you know, without headphones or without your, you know, not looking at your phone. Yeah. <clears throat> um, in, you know, again, because you want to get in touch with your inner voice. You're just silencing things and those thoughts are still going to come through your head. That's part of meditation. That actually refocusing back to the meditation teacher's voice or the sound of the music or the sound of the birds in the trees. Refocusing is part of meditation. So I hear a lot from people. I can't meditate because I can't get rid of the thoughts in my head. Yeah, none of us can. It's part of it. You just start recognizing them and- and going, yep. See you. I'll be back in a minute for you. Uh, you know, but right now I'm doing this and keep refocusing. And what what you're doing when you keep refocusing back from your thoughts back to your meditation is you're making yourself better at focusing outside of meditation. This is why you can be more productive after after like outside of meditation when you're actually doing work or like living the rest of your life is because you again you're rewiring the brain
0: wow i never made that connection that it's helping you focus because my gosh like we have so many distractions Mm -hmm. in life especially with all the technology and notifications it's helping you focus and it's helping you go within again Mm -hmm. looking Mm -hmm. within and not at Where's the answer outside of me? What's happening within me? So it's like all full circle here. I love this. Yeah. I love yeah. this. And
1: you mentioned uh, all the notifications. Turn those damn things off.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh, please. <laughs> those are not helping you. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is great. And I love how simple these are mm-hmm. to get started. It's not like you have to completely change everything. It's like start finding one thing to be grateful for. Start with a three-minute you know, meditation. Yeah. And then as people do that and they want to dive deeper, can you tell us a little bit about your program? Because it sounds really cool.
1: Yeah. So Fuck Being Fine program is based on three pillars. I call it the um, Trilogy for Success. And that first pillar is gratitude. The second one is connection. And we talk about connection with friends, family, coworkers, and most importantly, yourself. Mm. Yeah. And then the third part is courage because you have the the gratitude you have the connection and then you need the courage to do the thing that you know you need to do you know it deep down inside you're just afraid to do it like whatever it is leave that sucky job or um you know pay make yourself a priority whatever it is a lot of all of these things take courage yes and so yeah and then interwoven into that um i create customized meditations for my clients. Oh, cool. Great. So based on their experiences, um, and their what they're looking to manifest. So again, that helps with, with puppy mind, the thoughts running around.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Amazing.
1: Yeah. And then incorporating those elements of, you know, how do you start living a sabbatical life? In fact, I have a, a free uh, giveaway, like a PDF uh-huh. guide on my website called five easy ways to start living a sabbatical life without having to take a month long,
0: it's about. Oh my it. gosh, perfect. Okay, well, I will link that in the show notes. And then where else can everyone find you? Do you wanna share your social links or social handles and all that stuff?
1: Yeah, not to get confusing, the easiest place to find me is at zenrabbit.com, okay. which is my website, zenrabbit.com.
0: And then the links to all the socials are there. Got you, and then zenrabbit.com is where they get that PDF. Correct. Awesome. Oh my gosh. That's so simple. <laughs> Once again, like not getting distracted by all these things, just keeping it simple. I love that. I probably should do yeah. that for my business as well. Just keep it, keep it short <laughs> and sweet. Um, okay. Last question. What are you currently trying to manifest in life? Big, small, doesn't matter. Ah, uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> a life partner. Oh, nice. Nice. <laughs> good yeah you're at that space right open to receiving yes open to receiving oh i love that i love that and i definitely want to check out that course it sounds so freaking amazing lori thank you so much for coming on the podcast i really appreciate it my pleasure thanks for hosting me stephanie all right everyone i will link that website in the show notes and thank you for tuning in we'll see you here next time Thank you so much for tuning in. If you guys want more in between these podcast episodes, you can subscribe to my Apple podcast, Manifested It. You can find that in Apple Podcasts and it has all of my bonus interviews, guided visualizations, subliminals, meditations, all that good stuff.